Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. The dollar is eyeing a fourth monthly loss as investors expect a peak in U.S. interest rates that could swing into view as soon as this week's Federal Reserve meeting. And the currency market is subdued in the lead up to Wednesday's Fed rate decision and ahead of Bank of England and European Central Bank rate decisions on Thursday as well, though cautiousness across financial markets have lifted the greenback by a fraction. And joining us on the phone to help break all of this down is Philip Wee, Senior Currency Economist at DBS. Philip, welcome back to the show. Hi, great to be back. Hi, great to have you on again. So we're just about a day away from the U.S. Fed interest rate decision, which is Wednesday, and I believe it will be Thursday, 3 a.m. Singapore time. How is the U.S. dollar faring ahead of this decision? I think to answer this question, uh, we need to review the dollar's performance first. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for many viewers, uh, it's good to recap that the dollar has risen, you know, quite sharply Mm. uh, over four months from June to September, Mm -hmm. discounting the four jumbo hikes. Then it took three months after the Fed signaled that it would slow the pace of hikes Mm -hmm. uh, to drop back to, you know, where it rose from. Right. Uh, which is currently 102 for mm-hmm. the DXY. So um, so what, what I'm saying is that the markets have already unwound all the dollar appreciation mm-hmm. from the four jumbo hikes. Mm. Uh, of course, we had you know two surprises from Asia. Uh, the Bank of Japan tweaked its uh, U-curve uh, policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was positive for the yen. Then Romipi also started recovering after uh, U.S.-China relations start toying after mm-hmm. the G20 meeting. Uh, Asian currencies also cheered, you know, when China ended the COVID-0 policy and reopened the borders right. and pivoting policy towards lifting growth uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So the past couple of weeks, uh, I would say that the markets are still trying very hard to sustain any monetary policy divergence story, mm-hmm. no matter how small they may be. Okay. You know, I, I'll give you a good example. Um mm-hmm. For example, uh, the specs are hoping that dollar will fall, um, you know, because uh, the Fed is going to deliver a smaller 25 basis hike mm-hmm. on Wednesday. The next day, the ECB and the Bank of England, uh, they're going to you know, deliver 50 basis hike. Mm. I mean, we also saw uh, last week, you know, the Aussie had a nice bounce after right. Australia's higher than expected CPI revived hopes for a rate hike next mm-hmm. week. But CAT, you know, interestingly, yes, it appreciated after the VOC's uh, 25 basis hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's because, um, you know, the Bank of Canada signaled last month that uh, they they were moving towards a pause, but they continued to hike. So naturally, mm-hmm. coming into this meeting, you know, um, there are some people uh, who think that the Fed may push back against the market bets right. for rate cuts this year and sort of reaffirm the commitment uh, to bring the Fed funds rate above 5% mm-hmm. and keep it there for the rest of the year. Yeah, as you said about this, you know, despite the U.S. Fed warning that rate hikes are here for longer, markets are still betting that the Fed will end its tightening cycle this year. So if the Fed do further signal that the rate hikes are here to stay once again, can the U.S. dollar surge? 
Uh, we are calling for the Fed to hike 25 tomorrow mm-hmm. and by another 25 basis uh, to 5% in March. Uh, futures is also, I think, uh, discounting the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also calling for the rate cuts in fourth quarter. Mm. So I think uh, that's the part that the Fed doesn't like. What I'll be looking out for uh, tomorrow will be the post-FOMC press conference. Mm-hmm. Because I noted that the uh, Fed Chair Powell he has uh, laid out three criteria Mm. You know, for rate hikes to slow and peak. Okay, mm. we already had the first one. Uh, that is the easing of the goods inflation and supply side disruptions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why the Fed uh, delivered a smaller 50 basis hike in December. Mm-hmm. So to get, you know, that 25 basis tomorrow, you know, I feel that they need to attribute it to the second criteria and that's the easing of the housing inflation. And this is where I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think during the press conference, you know, uh, some of the reporters are probably going to ask uh, Chairman Powell, you know, what he thinks about Goldman Sachs' latest assessment about right. the U.S. housing market bottoming mm-hmm. recovering later this year. Let's see, for the peak, uh, I think the third criteria is the most challenging mm-hmm. because uh, it's the core services excluding housing. Mm. That's about 55% of the PCE core deflator. Okay. So, and that's tied to the tight labor market. So after the FOMC, uh, market is also paying attention to Friday's uh, job numbers. Mm, mm. You know, and like it or not, you know, non-farm payrolls has a price since May. Mm. Always on the upside, always coming in stronger than what the consensus is looking for. Mm-mm. What about regional currencies? Which currencies are likely to impact it the be impacted the most by the U.S. Fed decision? Will it be Will it be the Japanese yen? Well, I have to again emphasize that uh, you know, like earlier I laid out that we have done you know uh, the discounting of the Fed mm-hmm. hikes and then the removal of the the uh, jumbo hike premium. So the Asian currencies, they have also played out that scenario. Okay. You know, of the Fed slowing down the hikes and mm. eventually pausing this year. So we have actually seen big winners in mm. the past three months. You know, they were the main losers during the jumbo hikes. Mm-hmm. So they were the Japanese yen, the Korean one in Northeast Asia. Mm. And in Southeast Asia, it was the Thai baht and the Malaysian ringgit. Mm-hmm. And and of course, you know, the risk appetite can, uh, currencies, which are the commodity currencies. Currencies mm-hmm. like Aussie and Kiwi. Okay, when we form our outlook for this year, mm-hmm. you know, I was looking for markets to return to relative value mm-hmm. because uh, once I think uh, the Fed and other central banks pause, so everybody is basically on the same page. Mm. You know, so therefore you need to look for uh, something else to differentiate. Right. So barring a hard landing or some kind of financial crisis. Then I think investors should be you know looking for countries that have high growth because Western mm. economies will still be dragging their feet. They still need to work through and digest all the rate hikes that they put on mm-hmm. in order to fight the elevated uh, inflation. So, But I think this is going to be a second half story. Mm-mm. Talking about your outlooks, though, what is your outlook for the U.S. dollar for the year ahead? I mean, we're having somewhat of a cooling inflation. We still have that question of whether rate hikes are soon coming to an end and growing fears of a recession is still lingering. So what's your outlook for the U.S. dollar? We think the Fed and central banks, they're going to be done hiking rates in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So I know some banks are forecasting rate hikes extending to the second quarter. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, U.S. will be busy you know, uh, working out on how to resolve the differences between White House mm-hmm. and President Biden to lift the debt ceiling before the Treasury runs out of money mm-hmm. by June. So generally, I think we still hope to see the Fed 
rates picking at five percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we know that you know Fed is projecting uh, a peak rate of over five la, mm. for the rest of the year. But that said, I think the uh, I think the key thing is that um, yes, the market are optimistic about soft landing. Mm-hmm. But I still feel that they need to work through all the weak numbers that's coming in. Mm. You know, during the slowdown first. Mm-hmm. So if I'm correct, this should underpin the dollar mm. uh, in favor of some consolidation because eventually pause means monetary policy, you know, move from divergence to convergence. Mm-hmm. You know? So then, uh, then second half, uh, I would like the data, you know, to show that inflation are well off their peaks, and mm-hmm. of course, uh, economic activity numbers showing growth trowing for recovery. Okay. And you know, I really hope to see China, mm. you know, uh, leading the global growth story mm. you know Asia into, and that should buoy the Asian currencies Mm-mm. I mean we've seen quite a strong rally in equities as well since in the beginning of the year so some say that the path of the US dollar could hold the key to whether this market rally can last what are your views well I think if you look at the past uh, 18 months mm-hmm. that has held up to be true mm. um, so I don't comment you know, on the outlook for equities. Mm. I'm a currency guy. Mm-hmm. But I do pay attention to them for my currencies. Mm-hmm. So in general, you know, uh, I think the market tourism is that, you know, uh, the link, they link a better risk appetite with a weaker dollar and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So what other currencies should we look out for in the weeks ahead as well? Okay, uh, might as well talk about, you know, what's dearest to us and that's the sing dollar. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point, I'm not a seller of the US dollar against the thing. Okay. Not at these levels. I sort of, you know, noted since 2015 and I respect, you know, the range, mm-hmm. you know, the 131, 146 range that has been set since. Mm. So it was also the reason why I didn't put my forecast above, well above 145, 146, mm-hmm. you know, during the strong dollar last year. Mm. You know, so okay, so we have already hit one thirty one. Mm. So the last two times, uh, dollar sing bounced from this one. You know, say these levels, it actually rose to about one thirty eight in twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. and one thirty seven in twenty twenty one. So I do have a one thirty six forecast uh, for you know first quarter might extend into second quarter. Mm. Okay, so also at the same time, um, you know, I've been talking a lot about the growth slowdown dynamics. Mm-hmm. So, so I've been paying a lot of attention to my signal model. Mm. So it has backed off from the top uh, of its policy band towards the midpoint. Mm-hmm. So that's a sign that, you know, monetary policy, you know, is beginning to pay more attention to growth this mm-hmm. year and moving away, you know, from inflation uh, uh, last year. So mm-hmm. again, just to summarize, mm-hmm. uh, assuming there's no hard lending, no financial crisis, and we have a global recovery led by Asia in the second half. Uh, I do, you know, see dollar sing falling again mm. uh, around the mid-year. You know, so let's keep our fingers crossed <laughs> and hope that, you know, the year of the rabbit is a friendly one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tiger has been quite ferocious. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's cross our fingers for that. Thank you so much, Philip, for Thank joining you. us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. We've been speaking with Philip Wee, Senior Currency Economist at DBS. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.